From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning, focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio. That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Hour as we launch our 24th year on the air. And thanks to all of you who have helped us along the way, including all of so many great guests, uh, and especially you, the listeners. So thanks thanks for, for tuning in, and uh, hope uh, you tune in for many more years. So it's, it's a, certainly a, a blessing in, in my life uh, to be here. Uh, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And uh, we're glad right now to welcome in Clarissa Chichioko, who is part of the Theology of the Body presentation uh, taking place here in the Diocese of Sacramento on February the 17th. Clarissa, good day to you. Hi, Bob. How are you today? Doing fine. I uh, hope, hope all is well in your world. Yes, it's a sunny, beautiful day, like you said. So yeah, we are uh, happy over here. I'm praying for spring. <laughs> yes. Yes, ready for spring. Ready for spring for sure. We prayed for rain. We got the rain. <laughs> now let's, uh, uh, let, yeah, let's let's have spring. Tell us about um, uh, just an overview, if you would, of theology of the body. Yes. So Pope John Paul II's first teaching of his pontificate was called the theology of the body, and he wrote a series of short talks called audiences, 129 of them, and he read them aloud for an audience in Rome during um, 1979 to 1985. During his Wednesday audiences? His Wednesday audiences, yes. So there were a crowd of people, and he was reading about the theology of the body and what we were created for um, as we were created for love, and he unpacked uh, these teachings over a series, and um, now we can we have the uh, ability to read it, and so many people are speaking and and writing about it today. And it it wasn't um, I mean I guess I guess it was certainly new, but it wasn't it wasn't different teaching. It just was more uh, more visible, I guess, and 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 put in a way that was very understandable. Very understandable. The language was. Uh, more relevant, more understandable, more palpable for mm-hmm. us in our generation to understand. Yes. Wow. And uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to think back to then, and uh, and I don't know if we were surprised by it or or not, but it was it was certainly unique to his papacy. It was unique, and for myself and for my own experience, growing up, I. I learned these teachings about the body and, and what would be good for me, what would bring me mm-hmm. closer to, to virtue, and, but I didn't really know why. And, I, and Theology of the Body gave me the why behind the what, mm-hmm. behind why do we follow the commandments, why is the vice not good for our spirits, for our bodies. And so that's what Theology of the Body gave me, was the why. And this 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 workshop uh, will take place at St. John Vianney uh, in Rancho Cordova, six to eight thirty p.m. on February seventeenth. Who is it for? Is it for the whole family? Is it is there an age group you're aiming it at? 
there are age groups we're aiming at. So I will be speaking to the English-speaking parents, and we also have a couple coming in, a married couple, Evan Lemoyne mm-hmm. and Fernanda Gomez. Mm-hmm. Uh, Evan will be speaking to the youth in English, and his wife, Fernanda, will be t- speaking to the Spanish-speaking parents. And so those uh, are the, the audiences and the ages we're, we're gearing towards. Very good, very good. So, how does the how does the program run? How how does how is the presentation made? Each speaker will be speaking twice. We'll have a break in between the talks, and so the the whole program is from six p.m. to eight thirty p.m. Mm-hmm. And we'll be um, speaking, and we'll have a break in between um, the two talks. And is there, is there is there like a Q and A part of it as well? Yes, there will be a Q&A part of it, and also the speakers will be available to speak during the break and, and afterwards as well. So what are, the, what are the toughest questions you get when you, when you present this? The toughest question I get is, how do I live this out? Like they've heard the talk. They are able to see uh, with a new lens of, okay, I have an identity. I'm a disciple of Christ. I am part of the body of Christ through baptism. And, but how do I live this out? Because, you know, a lot of young people after confirmation are you know, leaving the church. About 70% of young people take a break from the church and only for about a year, and 30% come back mm-hmm. as active members. And so I think part of it is perhaps it was a you know, mature decision of, I don't completely believe what the Catholic Church teaches. And the other side of it is, I can't live up to these teachings. Mm-hmm. I, may, so, I may believe it, but it's too hard. It's too hard. I, I can't do it. I can't be like Mother Teresa. I can't mm-hmm. be like St. John Paul II. And so they ask, how, how can I live this out? Or how can I teach it to my children when in my own life it's difficult? And so we, we talk about prayer, you know, pray, having a consistent prayer time, going to the sacraments and receiving our Lord and the Eucharist and going to reconciliation and just receiving the grace to live a life of virtue because we can't do it on our own. Clarissa, are you there? I think we may. I'm here. Oh, there you go. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I think I, you know, I think prayer is the great overlooked, uh, <laughs> um, not as uh, I guess we could call it a sacrament. It's not a sacrament, but it's the great overlooked uh, uh, power that that we have. Yes, definitely. And you know, as human beings, we we want answers. We want to be productive. We want to see results. I know that for myself. Uh, and so when I was in youth ministry and I joined the youth ministry at 12 years old, and the first tip they gave in, in the departing the retreat and how to continue to live a Christian life, a strong Christian life, was to have you know, at least 15 minutes of prayer, five minutes of prayer, opening the Bible. And mm-hmm. sometimes that can be the hardest thing <laughs> I wake up and I think, you know, I have this list of to-dos. Yep. And the top on my list is prayer, but for some reason it can be difficult to just sit down in silence 
and you know I just want to hear God's voice, and I just I just want to see results. Uh, but that is that is how we how we learn and how we grow is by sitting in silence and and communicating with God. Yeah, I I have the same problem, Clarissa. It's it's uh, I put it, it it should be at the top of my list, and then I I uh, frequently it gets away from me. You know, it's like I don't have time. You know, and and yet if you don't have time for that, uh, that should be the most important thing. Yes, definitely, and I think who parents, anyone out there who is listening to this. If you don't have time for prayer, or if you are a strong prayer warrior, you know, that's part of your daily routine, please come to this event so we can all be praying together. Sometimes we just need, you know, a buddy with us, or we need an event like this to, you know, restart the engine um, and inspire us again and, and to remember why it's so important to be praying. Yeah, again, it, 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 do you do you know? Want sign-ups ahead of time? Yes, I believe we are taking sign-ups at the St. John Vianney um, Parish website. Okay, very good. And also, if you want more information on this, you can call Moises de Leon. He is at uh, 916-733-0133. Or you can also register at scd.org backslash T-O-B 2023, T-O-B Theology of the Body. Again, it is at St. John Vianney Parish in Rancho Cordova, wonderful parish, 6 to 8.30 p.m. on February the 17th. Uh, uh, Clarissa, anything I didn't ask you that you'd like to add? That's a good question. The main question is, why should I go? Why should I go to this event? Yeah. And... I've been listening to Father Mike Schmidt's um, Catechism in a Year podcast with Ascension Presents, and one thing that he struck me, uh, that he said, was that our faith illuminates each step for us. Hmm. So sometimes, you know, when we, we don't know why we should go to an event, but maybe we have this call to go, if you feel a calling to go to this event, or maybe you don't, or maybe you're wondering why, ask God to just illuminate the reason. Why should I go to this event, or why should should I go to Mass, or why should I pray? And God will, you know, illuminate those reasons as to why. And so I think the goal for this event is to, of course, spread the theology of the body and to have the people going have just an encounter, a unique encounter with our faith and, and with the Lord and um, to be praying together. So if that's something that you know, would be beneficial in your spiritual life, I think that would be a great reason to go. Very good, very good. Well, Clarissa, thanks so much for, for all you do. How long have you been doing this? I've been speaking on the Theology of the Body for a decade. Wow. Yes, it's a wild ride. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you travel to, uh, around? We, yes, I do travel around. Um, I've uh, uh, talked to some youth groups in the East Coast mm-hmm. and um, definitely up and down California. So, wow. and 
it's interesting to see what you know the different questions that different areas have and different struggles and challenges and also there's a thread of just common questions people are asking yeah i i, I imagine it it does vary from one place to another in this very diverse country yes everyone everyone is different and i'm hoping to speak in different areas to get to know other you know other places and and the people there very good well our prayers go with you for sure thank you bob thanks clarissa god bless God that's, bless. Take care. that's uh clarissa chichioko who is uh, uh going to be presenting theology of the body uh in english human love in the divine plan uh also uh evan lemoyne and his wife fernanda gomez will also be presenting. Evan will be uh, speaking to, uh, Clarissa is speaking to parents. Evan will be speaking to youth in English. Who am I and what do I want? God's plan for love and sexuality. Fernanda uh, will be speaking to parents in Spanish. And Clarissa will be speaking to parents in English, uh, personal testimony and tips on sharing the theology of the body message. Again, you can contact Moises de Leon for more information. He's at 916 916- 733-0133, or if you'd like to sign up uh, to register, you go to scd.org backslash TOB 2023. Uh, TOB stands for Theology of the Body. You can always go to uh, scd.org. That's Sacramento Catholic Diocese is what that stands for, scd.org, to learn about all the events uh, taking place in our great Diocese of Sacramento. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back with more on the Bishop's Hour, right after this. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at their thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. They also accept donations at the store, donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, everyday household items. Your donations help to fund the many projects of the St. Vincent de Paul Society throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Do such wonderful, wonderful work, and the thrift store is uh, one of the the ways they uh, raise the funds to help people throughout the diocese, and also uh, many of their clients are able to access the uh, thrift store for uh, items that they need. You can uh, give them a call. They will come pick it up as well, but you can uh, give them a call. They're at 916-972-1212. And remember, again, the thrift store is open Uh, seven days a week at 2275 Watt Avenue right here in Sacramento. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you... uh, Turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, individual spiritual direction, and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916-725-725. 4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrus Heights. And we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and longstanding support of the Bishop's Hour. 
We'd like to thank all the wonderful people and organizations, uh, businesses in town uh, and throughout the Diocese of Sacramento who have provided underwriting for the Bishop's Hour. Uh, Some in the last few years, some uh, have been with us for a very long time. If you would like to be an underwriter for the Bishop's Radio Hour, uh, it's a wonderful opportunity to to support this mission and also to support the diocese and also uh, to get some uh, recognition for uh, your organization or for your business. The easiest way to do this is to uh, give us a shout, send us an email, radio at scd.org, and we can give you all the details about uh, helping to underwrite the Bishop's Radio Hour. Again, that's radio at scd.org. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the Mercy Foundation, enriching lives in the Sacramento region through Sisters of Mercy Ministries in healthcare, education, housing, and the care for the poor and elderly. For the Mercy Foundation, philanthropy is one of the most powerful expressions of compassion and love. Just as many people in our community need a hand, Countless others are reaching out to them with comfort and hope. You can express your care and concern for the less fortunate with a gift to the Mercy Foundation. Uh, You can give them a call, 916-851-2700. That's 916-851-2700. And you can be confident that fully 100% of your contribution will support the Sisters of of Mercy Ministry or ministries that you choose. And what a wonderful treasure Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts has been for all of us here in the diocese as they uh, uh, transition uh, into uh, uh, new ownership and management. Uh, They continue to offer wonderful workshops, wonderful uh, uh, resources for the Catholic community throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Not only does Easter's provide a wide array of Catholic books, both current releases and longtime classics, but they also sponsor a number of valuable workshops and lectures throughout the year. They're, They're located at 6916 Sunrise Boulevard in Citrus Heights. Give them a call, 916-338-7272. We also receive a generous underwriting support by Crumley & Associates, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services. If you have questions about retirement, Crumley & Associates can help you with their confident retirement approach that can help define a clear roadmap to get you where you want to go. You can uh, contact them, get all the details at Crumley & Associates, 7956 California Avenue in Fair Oaks. They're at 916-638-4600. That's 916-638-4600. And we uh, are, are certainly uh, appreciative of the uh, fine and uh, longstanding support of the Mercy Foundation, of Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts, and of Crumley and Associates. Hi, this is Laura Lynn, Assistant Director for Lay Formation, and you are listening to the Bishop's Hour with Bob Dunning. Thank you for that wonderful introduction, and uh, we're pleased to welcome in uh, Julie Sly, the uh, the managing editor. You're the managing editor. The supreme I'm just editor. The editor. Executive editor. No, supreme. Highness sounds like supreme. I'm a burri- burrito <laughs> supreme from Taco Bell. Very good. <laughs> and I can't eat those anymore. So, <laughs> Julie Sly, the editor of the Catholic Herald. 
magazine. I like to keep my my titles and expectations low. Yes, yes. <laughs> Not low. Gives I you something to simple, shoot for. <laughs> simple. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, it's 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 interesting. Uh, we've talked about this before, but uh, I I go back, and so do you, to when the Catholic Herald was a. I, I say print. It's still in print, but it was uh, uh, like like a newspaper. And came out every couple of What's weeks. What's a newspaper? <laughs> What's a newspaper anymore? That's what my kids say. You know. Um, no, I'm totally in the digital age. Yeah, and now, now that I'm just, 29 again, yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful magazine, and uh, it gets rave, rave reviews, and every now and then some awards. Um, yeah, you know, we we try our you, best. You, uh, yeah, you had a a, a good award uh, recently, didn't you? No, it's been about, um, it's been about, uh, oh gosh, last year sometime for a feature story we did on a family in Vacaville who lived on Pleasance Valley Road. Yes, and, uh, yeah. and, and a, they a were fire. totally wiped out by yeah. the, when was that fire that now? August story. of 2020, yeah. I think, yeah, and the story was in one of our, I think the March, April issue or the May, June issue of 2021 who, who, who does these awards uh the Catholic media association mm-hmm. yeah i haven't entered anything for this year i don't want to be showered with awards all the time yeah <laughs> <laughs> i feel no. so. that's why i haven't won a pulitzer yet i I don't enter. <laughs> yes. I didn't read your column in the Enterprise about being there 53 years. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, I did not say that I hadn't been here that long. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's it's funny because... What, at what age were you when you started? Like 17 or something? Yeah, I was about five. Five? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I know better than that. You can't lie about your age anymore, you know? Uh, no. But you know. those senior discounts sort of... They kind of help to yeah. soothe the soul. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's it's funny because uh, on my fiftieth anniversary at the newspaper. For those who don't know, I, I write a newspaper column for the Davis Enterprise. Uh, on my fiftieth anniversary, uh, all at the same newspaper. Oh, you had a bit to do, well, well, didn't they, you? Yeah, it was one of those deals that they do on 50th you know the gold watch and that kind of stuff oh. but wasn't there a parade or something there was yeah there was there was <laughs> but that's that's okay you know but and since then everybody i run into say how are you enjoying your retirement and oh I, yeah and, yeah and i say i didn't retire yeah well yeah you did they had they did this <laughs> and they did that and and I said, well, no, that was just a 50th anniversary that doesn't right. mean you were retiring right i i remember actually I, I had a pen and a notebook, and I was interviewing somebody, a city council person or a coach or something. Oh. And they said to me, how are you enjoying your retirement? I'm going, <laughs> can't you see that I'm working? <laughs> Maybe anyway. they thought the notebook was permanently attached I, to your I, hand. I guess so. So, yeah. <laughs> I will a, not be here for my 50th anniversary. Well, Just letting you know you've, now. you've been here I've been here, uh, if you count the newspaper and magazine, December, oh gosh, 1994. So how many years was that? 27? No, wait. <laughs> 29. 94 to 22 this year, this year, was 28. Yeah. yeah, 29. You're in your 29th year. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Yet I'm so well preserved and I've been for here. my face on radio. <laughs> yeah. 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 I used to I used to do 
uh, nightly show for KFBK. Right. Uh, three hours a night. Uh, and that, that's what they said when they hired me, which has become just a, a standard face show. Yeah, you have radio. a good voice for radio. Yeah. Not you have a good voice for radio. You have a good face. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and well, anyway, it's all been a joy. Uh, yeah, well, I, I can't even remember how many people I've. I went to you know, see um, Nina Totenberg, Supreme mm-hmm, Court mm-hmm. reporter. You probably right. know she from, was at Mondavi last Public Friday Radio night. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah, and she's seventy nine, I believe. And I don't even know how she's probably been with NPR. She started out as everything, mm-hmm. you know, that was all men. She right. kind of talked about her life story, right. different things, and um, but yeah, she. Um, She's been there, maybe she's been there 50 years, at least 40. Yeah. Yeah. It was a sold-out crowd. A lot that's of young heard, people. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah. So um, it was good because I don't know that a lot of young people are um, encouraged to go into journalism today. Well, it's not and like... I don't think, you know, you think of people in their 20s. Um, actually, some someone asked her about how the younger generation could have faith in the Supreme Court anymore interesting because the well it was mainly related to the leak of the Dobbs decision that if a decision could be leaked that kind of you know lowered their um belief in the supreme court as an institution well that was kind of fair i guess the the thing that's amazing to me is um Leaks have become enormously common these yeah. days, mm-hmm. and and yet in the history of the Supreme Court, it's just never happened. And and it, it it's interesting because when you think of the number of people, the uh, number one, you've got clerks researching the the uh, stuff to help the justices right. write their opinions. You've got people just. Preparing them, typing them up, uh, duplicating them, uh, just distributing to all the justices. There had to be dozens of people who would know. Well, she explained that um, she explained that uh, you would consider the Supreme Court like a little village of about three hundred people. If you counted all the people, the HR, you know, all of that, and um, of course, I think they just came out two weeks ago with the. The results they, of the investigation that they, that they, didn't that they find couldn't. Yeah. yeah, and she kind of said she didn't think they would yeah. find who it was. She sent the um, uh, the um, the what was sort of uh, disappointing about it being leaked, and she was not. She didn't hear about it before she read it on Politico. Right. I believe Politico was the one who Broke had it. the story first, and. Um, she sent the problem, which kind of diminish, can diminish the view in people's eyes of the Supreme Court, is when something happens like that. Usually, if it was February, you know, that the decision probably would not have changed, but it would have gone through a lot more nuancing mm-hmm. and that. You know, oh, normally right. something that was only circulated in June. February, right. it wouldn't have been released till June. Right. So it would have gone through a lot of... And she talked about the division on the court right yeah. now. I mean, not getting, you know, political in any way or who's, you know, who likes what judge or whatever. But just in the general analysis of the fact that we, her perception was that, you know, it wasn't 
like you wouldn't have Aaliyah and Innsmer being friends right now mm-hmm. among and, this current were, group. Which they were. Yeah. yeah. Or um, who else? I forget who else was friends. Um, but there's a lot of, she just said in general, there's a lot of tension. Mm-hmm. Where in years, not that there has never been tension. I mean, she went back to, I forget, some of the decisions with Earl Warren and yeah. when he was judge and, and different things. But um, And she also talked about the um, that every judge, whether they're considered an institutionalist or conservative or liberal or whatever, they're going to bring their own life experience sure. to it. Sure. I and mean, that's in a color, and we should expect that. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, to think that uh, obviously they're, they're all scholars, they're all um, qualified. Yes. Um, I mean, uh, there were probably millions of law professors across the country who are qualified to be on the Supreme Court in terms well, of their understanding Well, she said even when Ruth, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was interviewed by Clinton that she was pretty far down on the list mm-hmm. as other people had. They didn't think other people he had interviewed, they didn't think he, they would pass confirmation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they, they're, and, and yet, despite the fact that they're all very, very, very well-versed in the law, very smart uh, very much understand the law. They have dramatically different opinions on, on yes. things, and, uh-huh. and uh, so you're always going to bring yourself into it. You know, I mean, we're all um, people. You know, people say, "Well," uh, people say to me, "Well, how come you were pro-life, or how come you're against the death penalty?" Those it seems, and I said, "That doesn't seem like a contradiction to me at all." <laughs> and I said, "It's it's it's." Because of my Catholic faith, you yeah. know, the, 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 that consistency of life, that, mm-hmm. that we're all made in the image and likeness of God. And if they appointed me to the Supreme Court, uh, yeah, I could say uh, I will be open and partial and all that, uh, but I would bring that uh, sure. prejudice, if you would call mm-hmm. it that, in, into the deliberations, no question about right. it. We're, we're all, vic- not, not victims, we're all... Uh, part of what we were raised with right and just like i someone as a journalist myself i try and be fair on stories and you try and learn something from every story you don't try and go in think you know i know what they're gonna say this is gonna be so boring yeah yeah so uh which you know is easy to kind of slip into so i think we all have to be I, i think it's a shame now that um I mean, I was mentored by a lot of people that shaped my career. Right. Or I think of four or five people who were right. significant in that. I don't know if younger people have that now. Maybe they do. I hope they do. Because with this, you don't really have the experience of sitting down and you have an older, experienced editor ripping your stuff apart. Yeah. Well, well, I think part of it. I don't know. You had that experience. I had a, a professor at Santa Clara, Jim Dayton, and who's in his 80s now. But I remember some magazine pieces coming back to me. The whole first paragraph <laughs> would be a big red accent. It would just say loose. Yeah. That was it. That was it. Uh, loose. <laughs> you better admit that it's loose. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I mean, I think it's harder in the digital age to do that and people are everybody's a self-proclaimed 
journalists. Well, yeah. So you have to kind of say, you know, I don't, I don't think the younger generation. I, I mean, we kind of knew what the truth was and facts were. I'm not sure they seem in the same well, way. Of, as, I think part of the problem yeah. is um, that that everybody is, like, say everybody's a journalist now. And, I mean, you and, and whether you're posting, something I'm doing a, my own blog, and it's Twitter the truth. or a blog or a Facebook yeah. or whatever it is, and and um, you're you're trying to draw attention. You're trying to get clicks. You're trying to get uh, likes. You're trying to get whatever. Mm-hmm. And and we're even seeing newspapers have that. Oh you know, my like, gosh! Well, if I had to know, worry about likes uh, and no, everything. It's, or, it's like, and you're saying, well, or yeah, how many people we, see your tweet? You know that story about the city council talking about the budget or something. It only had 22 readers. You know, I don't, I don't know that we need. You know, you're mm-hmm. going well, but that's important stuff anyway. So, well, we don't have too many checks and balances on things yeah. anymore. I think we do still have an investigative reporting going on out there. But I think a lot of people don't know the difference between reporting and an opinion. An opinion. Yeah. yeah. Um, because there was so much out there that somebody can say this is the truth. Right. And it might not be the truthful facts at all. Right. Absolutely. So I guess I would say to everybody, read with the discerning eye. Or just read the Catholic Herald. Well, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> ours are primarily features, and right. then we have a particular audience. But you now, know? now you do you do themes each each yes each we, edition yeah. So yeah. the, the the current one, what the, uh, the which is not one, yet hit the no, it won't be in readers' mailboxes until probably the first week of March. Okay, we're still working on it, so. This is a, a preview. Preview. Um, so this issue, we always usually in the March-April issue try and hit on safe environment mm-hmm. in some way because mm-hmm. um, April um, in is also Child Abuse Prevention right. Month. Um, we've just passed the 20th anniversary of the bishop's uh, the U.S. Bishop's Charter for the Protection of Children and Young Dallas. People. Right. And that was, you know, implemented at the diocesan level. I mean, there were general guidelines, but right. every diocese can choose their own program right. and how to do that. And so really, if you think about the past 20 years um, and making our schools and parishes safe environments, that's been a lot of work. Oh and a goodness. lot of progress. And I don't know any. Um, I mean, I don't know about some other institutions, the Boy Scouts, Earl Scouts, whatever. But um, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find another institution that works with children and teens that's put in more, more uh, policies yep. and procedures yep. to protect and, and done, children and e- teens than we have. And done enormous self-examination. Yes. Uh, and, and I know uh, Bishop Soto is, is, is just very, very much on top of that, mm-hmm. and as, as Bishop Wigan was as well. Yeah. You know, that uh, um, the, the zero tolerance is, is a fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it has be it, it actually has become a model for other organizations uh, right to uh, you know no holds barred uh, you know we we know there were bad things that happened and we're going to root it out as well best and we I can. think we've and, all learned 
you know, things in the in the process. I yeah. mean, um, anyone and at Catholic school, even if you're just the volunteer assistant coach for little dribblers, yeah. exactly. you know, you need to have your fingerprints done at right. the State Department of Justice right. and, and have all of that. And sometimes people don't understand that. Yeah. But um, kids grow up, I just think, in a much more complex world than we do. And unfortunately, um, I don't think when I was growing up, I gave a second thought about riding on my bike and someone might pull up in a van and try and put me in their van. Never 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 crossed my mind. Yeah, but that's, um, you know, and I didn't grow up in a small town. I grew up in San Jose. You know, now it wasn't as many people sure. as it is now. But um, but I think what's different and unique, too, about, and I'm sure you'll have Antita Schloman on our safe environment corner, yeah, who's really the expert time. on this and not right. me. That's why I asked her to write the article yeah. <laughs> on it. But her, um, and we, t- you know, we go over the policies every year. I mean, we're very transparent. If you're in... Have your in religious ed and or Catholic schools, and you don't want them to go through this. Well, then you have to kind of opt out of them being right. in that. But also, I think our uh, programs just um, there's two programs just to illustrate briefly. Uh, the one program for training, she has training trusted adults here, is called Safe Haven. Uh, and that's required of all clergy employees and volunteers. It's a three-part video series we have to watch, and it goes over real-life abuse and neglect situations. I renewed mine recently, mm-hmm. and I'm not even in a job where I'm no, around kids. I, I did, too. I you did know, too. so, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, nevertheless, I might interview a child or something sure. at some point. Um, well, it, it's... But, it, 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 uh, Requiring everybody to do it, and I know I know there's going to be the odd person that's offended or say, well, that doesn't pertain to me. You know, they're going to say, I just work the hot dog stand at Little Dribblers or exactly. whatever. Yeah, but, but that way you don't you don't worry about something falling through the cracks. Well, and I think as her headline, I like her headline this time. It's creating a community of trusted adults. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of all all on board. Right. With you know, what does safe haven mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so it, we all know we need to know about what is grooming, right? Someone who's you know has a see that was a, that was not only a term twenty years ago that I wasn't aware of; it was actual concept I wasn't aware of. Yeah, uh, I, I had no idea that. But that, someone that, usually, even if they are someone who's a verified, you know sexual abuser they don't usually you know they're not going to be doing it in the first or second time they meet your yeah. kid it's not you overt know. no no yeah. it's and it be a whole in most cases well in many cases it's going to be somebody that knows your family mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you talk to prosecutors right. they'll say you know 70 80 percent of the time it could be an uncle it could be a right. a step parent it could be a uh, coach that you trust right. Right. with your aunt, soccer coach. Um, you know, unfortunately, that's what we have to look out for yep. today. And so a lot of it is, um, 
uh, someone building a relation, emotional connection with your child. So then later on, they might manipulate sure. your child. And that's unfortunate, but that's the reality in which we live. Yeah, and, and you know, we've, we've, we've done a, a really good job of, of preventing those things from happening. The numbers would, would bear that out. Um, the, the one thing that nobody has seemed to solve is what causes a person to be a yeah. pedophile or a, yeah. uh, what well, causes Well, who even them? has a pre, you know, disposition yeah. for that? Who would you, who have people that, that might have a predisposition for that, but they don't ever act and on it? And they never act on it. Yeah. 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 We don't even know how many people like yeah. that there are, you know, and and we don't know what causes that quote-unquote attraction um and um so and and until you solve that one you you're never you're never going to stop people who have that attraction some of them from attempting to to Mm -hmm. to play it out all you have to look at is for the signs in fact in the you probably remember from the safe haven video it kind of goes over well you know, if I just see a teacher's kind of friendly to that kid, should I be reporting that? Right. You know, but what if you see them taking that kid for singling out that or, kid yeah. in his car and yeah. going for ice cream before you take him home to the parents? Exactly. You know, and he's not taking all the other kids or yeah. whatever. So there are signs yet. Right. I think we're all afraid, too, of being accusatory to someone who's not guilty of anything well, yeah, and see, it's hard i know as as a parent um when the kids are little and and uh you know you meet somebody new or or sure. you, you always introduce your kids and and you encourage your kids to be friendly and sure and respectful and yeah. and all that you don't want them to be standing standing back and evaluating as this right you know and so it's 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 a it's a difficult balance. Yeah, yeah. So the other program for the children, of course, is called Circle of Race. And I love this because, um, well, we have been using it for several years. Um, but it's informing youth about the value of positive relationship with God and others. So it has a real spiritual component to it. And um the curriculum centers on this meditation. Raise your hands above your head, then bring your outstretched arms slowly down. Extend your arms in front of you and then behind you. Embrace all the space around you. Slowly reach down to your feet, knowing that God is in this space with you. This is your circle of grace. You are in it. So we all have a circle of grace that holds our essence in body, mind, heart, and soul. So through this, children are taught to identify and maintain appropriate physical, emotional, and spiritual Hmm. boundaries. Recognizing when boundary violations are about to occur and demonstrate how to take action when boundaries are threatened or violated. Hmm. Now maybe this was help during the pandemic as we all sure. <laughs> we all had to have boundaries. Yeah. You know. Don't anyway. get within six feet of me right. and I don't want COVID. You know, but um 
Um, Hadita Ills on her article says, the beauty of this program is that it's discussion-based. It's taught in the context of a relationship through face-to-face interaction and discussion that children learn how to communicate and foster appropriate relationships. Moral development and discernment mature with real relationships, not technology relationships mm-hmm. and that was a difficult one during the pandemic yeah is i think hence got again something that you and i did not right. grow up with i didn't have to go home at night whether some worrying about whether someone had called me right you know something on snapchat or exactly. something yeah exactly um so um and children are they learn how to take action if any boundary is threatened or violated. Um, you know, I mean, I've come across this, and, and you come across this in your adult life. Yeah. Somebody comes up, and you don't know them very well, and they give you a big hug. And if you're not a real huggy person, yeah. <laughs> no, and how do you kind of nicely tell that person, I don't really know you well enough for you to be hugging me. Yeah, and I think I think we've all I think we've all learned that uh, a little bit more about boundaries and the value yeah. uh, the value of them. That uh, even even if everything you've ever done is is innocent, um, it might not be taken that way, mm-hmm. and or it might might actually make somebody uncomfortable. Yeah, you know, and and so. Uh, uh, now it's it's more by default. Just you just don't do it. You know, yeah. you just be friendly, be yeah. whatever. But uh, you you know, you don't need to embrace. You don't even need to shake hands. You know, right? We got away from shaking hands during the <laughs> pandemic as well. Yeah. So, but I love that because since you know we do have spiritual boundaries, we have emotional boundaries. Not to make it too complicated, but it helps hints. Um, Katina has here, we hold the responsibility to provide a safe and protective environment for our children. A truly safe and protective environment is one where children recognize when they are safe or unsafe and know how to bring their concerns, fears, and uncertainties to the trusted adults mm-hmm. in their lives. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's now, you the can key. speak to this more as a parent. I cannot. Would your hints now, would they have come up to you if they had felt like they had a boundary violation or Absol- somewhat would they come and say something to you absolutely and yes, yeah you know it, it's it's interesting because um you hear about some of the stories of abuse and i'm not talking about necessarily within the church uh, yeah. but but some of the stories of abuse and 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 this happened and then this happened and then this happened right and and i i think to myself and maybe it has to do with openness of, of parent-child communication. I think uh, if, if if any of those things had happened the very first time it happened, I would yeah. I would just absolutely assume all of I have six kids. All six of them would have just instantly, mom, dad, this is this, weird this or this is out of place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whether it was a teacher, a friend, a, 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 you know, an acquaintance, what whatever. Um, the and I even look back to my own childhood and think that uh, first time that I would have instantly gone to my parents and said this weird thing happened, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but 
and that I think is part of grooming is is that people find the kid that maybe doesn't have that relationship with yeah. the parents mm-hmm. or and is, that happens a lot or is shy or that kid is, who is neglected or they right. kind of and, and so yeah. they're, they're, that kid is not as likely to to report it yeah so it's a difficult line because we're asking now to have tr- who are the trusted adults right and these the kids are trying to figure out who are the trusted right. adults right and so you don't want them not to have relationships with anyone. But I thought this was, uh, this time in what Antita wrote, she had a couple of um, second-rate students, uh, I'm sorry, fifth-rate students from Holy Spirit School in Fairfield talked about um, what they say about the circle of grace mm. after they've gone through the program and here's one Matthew uh, from Holy Spirit School Fairfield fifth grade the circle of race has taught me to know when it's okay to do when it is okay to do things I learn to stop when I know things are not right I learn to be cautious when things do not seem um, when things do not seem to be dangerous I am. I also learn to be happy when things are safe. In inclusion, I learn to recognize the situations around me. Mm-hmm. And then here is Hian, H-I-A-N-N, from Holy Spirit School also, Fairfield. The circle of grace is our own private space containing our body and soul. God wants us to be happy, and he wants us to do what is right. When we are in our circle of grace, we decide how to handle a situation. If we have a problem, we decide whether we should be cautious or if we should stop and leave. In our circle of grace, we can also determine if it is safe for us to continue. Interesting. And then we have some uh, drawings here by second-grade students who at presentations, oh, you can't see them very well. He'll, they'll be better in the magazine as they'll be an hour. But those were some that su- were submitted by students mm-hmm. about what they felt the circle of I race like, I like that was. concept. Yeah. So. Um, I do have uh, trouble touching my toes, though. <laughs> <laughs> Not if you did Pilates with me. Oh, wow. <laughs> and does your daughter teach yoga? Yes, she does. All right, get in there. Start doing yoga. Okay. Anyway, but of course, you know, we would want people, you know, uh, of course, we have the information here. We have any other questions about safe environment. We have that a whole special section right. on our website. Of course, anyone who has reason to believe that, that abuse of a child or young person is taken place by clergy, employees, or volunteers, we encourage you to report that Absolutely. immediately. Um, and we also have... Um, and the, the Diocese report- of Sacramento does not keep it in-house. I mean, they, oh, they, no, they no. go Oh, no, no. Your first call should yeah. be into law enforcement. Absolutely. If yeah. you have a... A right. suspicion. Right. Your first call should be to right. law enforcement, right. um, child protective services, adult, and then if you wish to report it to our toll free line at eight six six seven 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 nine one three three. These are all in. Will be in the magazine, um, and actually, it's in the magazine every issue in the form of a kind of a public service. I mean, th- this this issue shows you as previous issues have. 
how dedicated the diocese is mm-hmm. to to yeah. solving this problem. Yeah. So um, anyway, I hope people will read that. We do have that in every year. Um, uh, we've also I'm not going to go into it significant today, but I've done a feature also on our independent review board which includes lay experts in criminal justice, psychology, child welfare, child protection. Um, And so that's our 10-member board that uh, reviews every case Mm -hmm. uh, that Mm -hmm. is reported to the diocese, even if something that's happened a long time ago. Um, And they... Uh, review, they assess allegations, they assess the investigations that have been done by outside parties. Um, they bring their expertise and discussion, and they advise the bishop on yeah. someone's fitness for ministry and that. So, um, again, that's an independent board. The bishop is not present for right. their meetings. Right. Uh, they make a recommendation to the bishop, but ultimately it's um, up to Bishop Soto right. to and, make and, the final decision. And, and Bishop wants them to be independent. Yeah. Uh, just, well, that's in the charter yeah, of sure. the U.S. Bishop's right. charter, that they're right. independent. And, um, of course, on our website under uh, another special section, uh, actually it's been up there for four years now almost, when... Uh, the diocese released the list of uh, credibly at right. uh, Hughes clergy, those who have been had their faculties right. removed or, or retired without faculties. And right. uh, there have been uh, clergy added to that list um, since it was up there, but you can check that at any time. Uh, you go to the scd.org and it's yeah. right, it's right, it's right there on the home page, front and center. And yeah. uh, they, they list the names and, uh, what parishes they were at or what ministry they were in. Yes. Uh, and uh, no, no whole Some part. are dead, some are still alive mm-hmm. and retired. But, right. And then there's also up there anyone from a religious order um, who right. had served right. in our diocese in previous right. times. So um, and, and whatever resolution there was um, or is or what the, the final outcome of it was. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, our diocese has been very transparent about that. Um, uh, and I'm not an it right now, but after in this issue, people will be able to read a column by Bishop Soto, a uh, lengthy question and answer by Bishop Soto, kind of updating where we are from when the lease w- list was released in March of 2019 to where we are. Today, there's been some developments, changes in law, right, and right. that, and so um, I'm sure it won't be our last update right. on that. Um, do I still have more time? Yes, you do. What are we doing? Yes, you do. Okay. So another interview I did for this issue was with Hera Morales. I don't know if you had or have had her on before. She is a professional clin- clinical counselor. Um, she was a keynote speaker at our the Diocese Ministry Days held last September. Mm-hmm. She worked for many, many years um, at J. Sarah 
high school at high school in San Juan at Mastrano. Mm-hmm. She's now in private practice, but right. still a consultant right. in J. Sarah High School. So the headline is, Guiding Teens in Today's Chaotic World, um, Hera Morales Offers Practical Advice to Parents. So um, she, uh, Hera started out, she went to Catholic School in Orange County, San Juan Atmostrano Mission School in Santa Margarita High School. She also has a bachelor's degree in theology and religious ed from Franciscan University of Steubenville, mm-hmm. Ohio. She and her husband, Justin, have three kids, two that are going into the teenage uh-huh. years. So she's experiencing this herself. I'm currently um, having experience with that. <laughs> Well, yours are a bit older now. Oh, I've still got two teenagers. Oh, two teenagers. Okay. What's a teenager considered up to 18? No, teen. As long as it's a teen. Oh, okay. Yeah. So 19 is still a teenager. Okay. Um, Anyway, uh, Hera started out as mean the after after college. She um, started out um, being the head of the theology department. At J. Sarah High School, 2003, and also theology teacher. And so she had experience with working with adolescents, yeah. teens as a theology teacher. That's a, a highly respected high school. And, and said, yeah, I've never absolutely. been to it. Okay. So um, she sent, and so she did that for her first 10 years out of college. So um, anyway, uh, then she transitioned into. Um, being more of a counselor in that. They have an extension program, but I'm being given the red light. The, the red light. It's, so it's I guess I'll continue this next time we, I'm on. We can't wait, Julie. Yeah. Thanks, okay. thanks so much. And, okay. uh, thanks for all we'll the great work. We'll continue next time. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, that's going to do it for us for today. Thanks for listening, everyone. God bless. We'll talk with you again soon. Spirit is moving.